into the joy food dog hat and he took a bump right on the side of his head as we see he's partially under it and partially on top of it hey roaches i'm todd tondera and welcome to my thrifting audio diary i scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts useful unusuals trendy trinkets cool collectibles good garbage and all-around helpful items i could utilize in my daily life My mission is to do all this while spending the least amount of money. Each week, I invite friends out thrifting with me. We gather a haul, then drag it back to the studio to tell you what we found. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Whether you're listening to this podcast at home, in the car, maybe you have it on in the background uh, studying for finals, you may be a student, the age to the show has no age, only a mental age. So if you're 18 plus, wherever you're listening to the show, I hope that you feel loved and I hope that you feel welcomed. I welcome this week... One of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. Josh, last call Larkin to the show. Of course, I'm Toddy, the host. Really feeling the love this week. That yeah, was very, really feeling very the love. warm and heartfelt to begin things. Yeah, so wherever you are, throw those W's up if you feel welcome. Throw those W's up, baby, if you feel welcome in this universe. This is Thrifty Podcast. So that uh, there's a definite... Uh, if I listen to back episodes of this podcast... You could notice my mood change so drastically. There'll be some episodes where I don't say it or I do say it, and I'm like, not a good day. Just not a good day sometimes. Yeah, and I think we all have those moments, and you know, our friendship helps us get through those kind of moments. So Ups I'm, and downs, right? Yeah, everything has its ebbs and flows. Certainly our brains and our bodies work exactly the same way as everything else in the natural world. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate all of the friends in the universe who are there who allow us to help them. The growing Roach support, universe. Yeah, and their support definitely helps you and I. Mm-hmm, definitely. So yeah, throw those W's up if you feel welcomed in this space we love you and thanks for listening and it's going to be a busy weekend new roommate coming in so it's going to be new roommate day today it's also going to be lex day um friend of the show lex will be here all weekend we're going to a football game on sunday um that was actually a a friend date i I, he is paying for the football tickets the big steelers ravens rivalry game yeah so he wants to see what it looks like to have like drunk yinzers yelling shit they shouldn't be yelling and i'm like this is a perfect opportunity it's not too too cold yet it's just a little chilly um so he he bought some seats for us as a gift um he'll be staying on the couch um my eight foot uh, vintage couch <laughs> the, the large, staying on. Yeah, the large parlor couch here. This week's thrift haul is actually going to be uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, I want to start off first by saying 
Um, somebody called me out on an error in the show last week, and I'm here to prove that error wrong. I'm surprised nobody ever calls me out because I make a lot. <laughs> and, and so with this error, I was actually right, so I didn't fuck up. Because I had said on the show last week we were talking about the oldest things that we've ever had on the show from our thrift hauls. You mentioned I mentioned some old books. You had something that was really old. And somebody had said, well, Toddy, in your kitchen I saw something that was labeled from 1847. And I'm like, is that so? So I looked into this, and indeed I have something, and this is what I got from a Goodwill outlet that we never used on a show before. It's like a, I'd say like a three, four inch box. Um, it has a panda on it, a uh, very cute panda with a spoon and fork in the respected hands of the panda. And on the side of the box, it says 1847 Rogers Brothers. And so if you open it up and there is a baby, just like the baby panda on the cover, there's a baby spoon and fork inside. Why the fuck did you buy this? Because it's adorable, for one. All right. Uh, <laughs> I just, I okay. Mean, I just saw the baby fork and spoon. <laughs> like, and okay. Like, yeah. I, I've been in your kitchen numerous times. I've never seen this thing. Yeah. And so what this actually is, and I've never used it on the show, but 1847 Rogers Brothers, that's actually not the year it was created. It was the year that the company was created. So it, the reason why I haven't used this on the show because it is a literal nightmare to look up, and I'll tell you why. Um, not only is 1847 not the manufacturer date, but this is the founding date of the Rogers Brothers Company, and this is when they started to make silverware. The problem is with the Rogers Brothers brand, and this is something that I knew before I even looked it up, is they had like a, a Rogers Brothers like parent company. There has been literally countless Rogers Brothers spinoffs. Um, there's been family brands that have uh, broken off from the original Rogers Brothers, and they themselves have the company called Rogers Brothers. It's like the old uh, plate that we found, the old serving tray that had yeah. 17 different spinoffs of the company. Exactly. So family or not, these companies were created, merged, separated in endless succession um, so, and it wasn't created in 1847, but on the back of it, which I did not realize until I inspected it before the episode, it does have IS on it. And by looking up IS, um, people say that this would be uh, accustomed to maybe international silver. Um, so the international silver was something that the Rogers brothers started to use in 1898. So it's quite possible, but this this is actually older than I originally thought. So I am wrong by proxy that I had something older than I thought. But no, 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 no. It was not made in 1847. Okay, so you're wrong, but you want to point out the technicality. The technicality of me being wrong isn't that it was created in 1847. It's created in the at the earliest, 1898. If not later, there's no way of knowing. This looks like a post-1900 item. Mm -hmm. Just looking at it, the color, the printing on it doesn't yes. look 1800. No, yeah, and especially the way it's like packaged and stuff like that. But apparently in certain sets, and I was kind of looking this up, the brand 1847 Rogers, 
There's a lot of very collectible um, dining room uh, play sets, uh, dining room silverware, and they all come in like really cool boxes. But again, the package, like you've noticed, um, so it's it's probably from a 1900 post 1900. Um, not really sure, but um, the IS does stand for International Silver, and Sterling Silver Rogers is more valuable than maybe like Silver Plate Rogers or Stainless Steel or even Copper. So there's a good chance that this could range anywhere between $50 and $100, this little baby panda fork and spoon set. Okay, now I understand why you bought it. Yeah. Um, so as, as you know, we buy things that are, that are by the pound in Goodwill Outlet. And like you could I, – I mean this is something I didn't steal, but it's easy. You could just put it in a pocket and steal it. Yeah, I mean we've accidentally stole things before. Yeah. You, like you, if you steal bags on the regular. I stole a Lego figure one time I forgot about. Yeah, because sometimes when you're digging in those Goodwill Outlet bins – you find something that's very, very small, and you don't really have a place to put it if you don't have your bag on you or something like that. So you just put it in your pocket with the hopes of putting it in the cart later. But sometimes you go to the car and like, oh, shit, I have this Lego man. Whoops. Or yeah. This I've sat, uh, yeah, I've sat on it, and then I go, oh, Now, shit, that was definitely Lego. paid for, but what um, it, it why I mention that is because I remember putting it in my pocket originally and then paying for it later. So I just, you know, it's small. It's almost weightless, so that's why I took a flyer on it. But I've had it for a long time. I can't even remember where I got it. Um, so it's probably early thrifty days that I that I did grab that up. But 1847 Rogers is a brand. It's not a year. So we presume that it's 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 really hard to tell actually when this is from. At least 1898, because that's when the International Silver IS was created. So we're looking at maybe fifty to a hundred dollars. So I, so uh, the person who said that, we're both wrong. You are correct in saying I have something older than I thought, but it wasn't from 1847. I love that you started the episode this week with so much love, considering the next segment was nitpicking, and then you and I are going to fight later. Yeah, and then we're actually going to fight later on this show. And my therapist says that's true. My therapist will say that I always try to find the negative of things. It's accurate. So even in love, you know, as long as you fight, fight with love. Yeah. My therapist never, like, nitpicked with me, never told me, like, really negative things. No. Complimented me a lot. Told me, yeah, I always land on my feet, which is the best thing anybody's ever said so to me. So you're a cat. Yeah, I was like. Accustomed to a cat. Yeah, like, you fail, but when you fail, you get back up, you know, you, mm-hmm. you land okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard things similar to that. I always worry that my therapist listens to the show because this, this, my therapist and I talk about the show because like, you know, it's just like the daily, like, oh, what did you do this week? Oh, I recorded the podcast. And somebody who's been on the show before, um, we actually see the same therapist. So they talk about the show too. And it's like a mutual thing that we talk about is the show because they listen to the show. I've I record the show, stuff like that. And <laughs> our therapist uh, got totally shut down in group therapy last night. Um, I think I mentioned it to you before we hit record. Um, in group therapy, there's like a, a group of people that all kind of like, you know, hash out their difficulties. And there's an older gentleman that completely shut down because my therapist couldn't name a poisonous snake. And we're out of Pittsburgh. We're in Western PA. And they didn't know that, uh, to quote my therapist, they did not know if poisonous snakes were still around. 
They don't, and like, around, like, we have killed them all, they're extinct. Never like, heard, like, don't know if they're still around. So the older gentleman was like, I, I can't believe this. Like, the timber rattler, you idiot, basically. And after that, the uh, the older gentleman mentioned, like, the timber rattler. And my therapist is like, okay, the uh, okay, so the timber rattler. Okay. You, a baby can name a venomous snake. Yeah, so the older gentleman shut down and was like, you know what, I fucking... I'm out tonight. Never, never fucking I, seen Aladdin. I'm, ne- I'm never coming <laughs> never, back. Like... I'm never coming back because we were talking about like PTSD and the effects of PTSD. And the example given was that if people have certain trauma that relates to if they're in, say uh, something happens to them in a particular room. And when they come back to the room and that particular trauma isn't in that room anymore, they still feel like it is because it happened to them in the room. Right. And so the reason why the poisonous snakes were brought up because my therapist said it's like if you went into a room that was filled with poisonous snakes once upon a time, when you return back to the room, even if the snakes aren't there, you still feel the snakes. And so he's like, well, I don't know. What's a poisonous snake? Are they even around anymore? And then the older man was like, this is fucking. Yeah, of course they're around. I'm old. I fucking know. So it was. I mean, that's a fair argument. Like, if you're going to use poisonous snakes as a point of reference. So if you ever want to, like, piss off an old sad yinzer, just say you don't know any poisonous snakes and they'll stop respecting you. Um, uh, On our list today um, for the thrift hall, speaking of old yinzers, I actually came across a collection out in the thrifting minds this week of joy dog food hats um this and it's a snapback it's uh it's like sky blue like almost like an aqua and then the brim is like a lighter gray and it has two wolves on the front i came across a whole treasure treasure trove of these and this isn't i mean i have no i have no idea what joy dog food was at the time And so as I was, like, taking a look, there was ones with, like, turkeys on it. There was ones with actual dogs on it. And there was probably eight or nine in the hall. And I was just like, I'm just going to take the one that I'm going to wear. And it's kind of like a a, a cool little uh, fashion accessory. Um, It's kind of like a hip hat with the wolves on it and the aqua and the gray. And actually, I kind of messed up, Josh. Some hats that I looked up that were in this go for, like, 100 bucks. Oh, see, I saw you wearing this hat. Yeah. I had no idea it was a dog food hat. Yeah. It's just like got a really cool like a pack of wolves on it yeah, and, and it a little joy. Like, joy. And I was just dog like, food. you mm-hmm. know, running wild with wolves. That's really joyful. You know, that was the interpretation I got from the hat, not mm-hmm. like dog food. And not money. Yeah. And not this is a hundred dollar hat. Yeah. So this one in itself, I actually couldn't find. I couldn't find any details on this one in particular, but hats like this have gone for a hundred dollars. And for sure, there was two hats in this very hall that I saw on eBay.com, the website that went for that price. And I passed on them. And that's a thing I don't think we've discussed on the show. We've talked about the hats that we've purchased. Yeah. But we even talked about the market for vintage hats. Yeah. And the markup on hats is tremendous. Mm-hmm. This hat. Yeah, you're have, wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins hat that we you found. Yeah, this vintage hat that I have, it goes for like $50 yeah. on the regular. And snapbacks, I, man, vintage snapbacks are fucking going, going, yeah. going. So, I guess we could use this as the eBay alert. So I'll put in the bumper now. eBay alert. <laughs> eBay alert. 
vintage hats are fucking going. Yeah, <laughs> vintage hats. If you're out there and you're thrifting and you take a flyer on vintage hats, if you're buying stuff by the pound, mm-hmm. hats are like nothing. You're taking nothing. 20, 20 cents, and a lot of them are worth you know fifty bucks and up. And I had posted my uh, hat collection that I've actually only put together in the past couple of years since the show. I mean, I've probably had a handful, like not a handful, probably two or three of those hats. But now I have probably like 20, 30 hats and some of them are pretty pricey and they were just found at a Goodwill outlet. But yeah, go into ebay.com, the website, look up some vintage hats. So if you see a hat in a Goodwill outlet bin or, you know, on the rack that looks probably cool, it probably is cool. So, so take a look at the tag, type that into eBay, try to find it for yourself. Cause even if you're not secondhand selling, it's cool to have because you could wear an expensive, cool hat at the same time and feel like a million fucking bucks. And people are going to compliment you on your expensive hat that you paid nothing for. Nothing for. So that would be the eBay alert for this week. But I am um, shocked and surprised that I didn't buy more of the hats only because, like like you said, they were weightless. They had them. But I was like, I'll just pick the coolest one because they probably aren't worth anything. I I, I don't know. I couldn't find this one, so maybe it's more expensive or less expensive than the ones that are out there. But I know for sure a couple of them I missed out on a couple of hundred a couple of hundred dollars. What was the priciest image like of the wolves and the turkeys and the other weird shit that they um, have? There was one I saw of Joy Dog Foods vintage hats on eBay that wasn't in the lot that was now it wasn't sold, but it was listed for two hundred and forty nine dollars. And it was very similar to a turkey hat that I saw. So there was a couple of turkeys on the hat. This was a different this was just a red hat. The one that I saw on eBay was red. Um the one I saw at the outlet was just like a regular, just like a black. Imagine having so much money that you would spend over two hundred dollars for a dog food hat with a turkey on it. Yeah. Um I mean, that would be cool. I guess there's collectors for about everything out there. I don't want to shun, shun collectors for collecting, you know, uncommon things because I'm sure there's, like, for a while, if you remember, uh, plastic t- tools were big, big yeah. for me. You for were, some, you were on in a, and out of that real, real phase. A plastic tool run. I mean, we had the, you know, the famous Beanie Baby run, you yeah. know. Everybody's got a, a niche. But, like, yeah, for a turkey hat with dog food, I mean – yeah, I mean, they're out there. And also, I forgot to mention, in that same haul was, and this is actually not a hat that I picked up originally because somebody else grabbed it, but they discarded it. Maybe they just didn't care or didn't see it. But a very jobber-esque tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Eric Green. There was a vintage 1991 Steelers snapback, and it was signed by tight end Eric Green. It said, like, best wishes, oh. Eric Green. I had some really good, like, uh, 90s items by these, like, crummy Steelers because mm-hmm. they would come to our town for, like, charity basketball oh, games. Oh, it's probably. So, like, my Bam Morris autographed football, and then, like, yeah. two years later, it was like, no. nope. Nothing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this was the hats that were there. This was in the same hall of the, the hats. It was – I didn't pick it up. Somebody picked it up and tossed it back. Um and Deb, who we keep calling Sue, because they're I interchangeable, guess, interchangeable. <laughs> um, I she had immediately grabbed up these joy dog food hats like bam, 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 like in front of me, just like eating them alive in front of me when they hit the floor. And I was just like, OK, I'll take the cool one. And I took the cool one and she grabbed all those up. But then like we're talking just like typical people are. They just grab, 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 grab throw it in their cart and throw it back. 
like she had put it back. I mean, she's just like, they're just dog food hats. You're not going to want them. And so she immediately discarded them. And I was, I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, down on them because she discarded them. Cause I'm just like, she has no aesthetic whatsoever. She strikes me as the kind of person who would take them, look them up and then throw them back if they're not worth anything. Yeah, I guess she didn't. Cause she was just like, they're just dog food hats. And so I, that's when I picked them up and then I eventually yeah. discarded them. But somebody discarded the, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Eric Green hat, and I did pick that up. It, the brim is actually one of those brims that is, is still intact, but you can tell if you put some pressure and bend, it's just going to bust. So I'm just going to leave the brim unbusted. Yeah, just leave it flat. See, my hat is also autographed, but it's autographed by Benny. <laughs> Benny! The Benny! Benny. Benny is what the underside of my brim says. The Benny. So, Benny, if you're out there, we got your hat, brother. Um, but as we mentioned before, um, we 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 are gonna do some fighting. I think I'm gonna the item in my left hand. I'm going to forego um, till next week. But there is something cool for wrestling fans that um, I do have something to add for next week. But I'm gonna let this go for now because we want to get to the the most important part maybe of the episode today. Josh, could you tell us what what you have in in front of us here, which you also got from eBay? Yeah, this was a purchase that uh, I bought on eBay. I put a bid in. I had mentioned it previously on the show and uh, was hoping to win. I was the only bidder, uh, so the low bid got it. I paid nice. $10. Uh, I've wanted it oh, since— Oh, that's underselling what those are worth, too. Yeah, absolutely, and it came with you know the accessories— uh, but what I've got is something I've wanted since I was 11 years old, which ironically is the age my daughter is. Uh, cool. So we actually played it together, and it was oh, a okay. really fun moment, you know, an 11-year-old and my want from uh, being 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have electronic karate fighters. From Milton Bradley, 1994. 1994 uh, with Fist and Tiger, Tiger Ninja. Tiger Ninja. Uh, yeah, that's the pack that I got. Um, it came with the original box. Which is awesome. Uh, the comic wasn't in there, uh, but mm-hmm. everything is intact. A couple of the weapons are busted, mm-hmm. um, but when you see these things in action, you can understand how the weapons would break. And I actually had this exact set somewhere in my mom's now sister's attic. There's a chance that I actually have this exact set somewhere up in that mess um, but I had these two, and Cyber Fist was a favorite of mine growing up, but I was always a no-weapons person. I didn't use the weapons, and I had requested before the show no weapons allowed. So this is going to be – all this match is going to be above book. Since Cyber, since it's your collection and Cyber Fist is definitely the cooler one in my opinion, I'll let you be Cyber, Cyber Fist. I'm going to be Tiger Ninja. And I had forgot that they were electronic. Because when I went to your place and you're like, yeah, and I got the electronic one, so it, it does. I'm like, mine weren't electronics, but as soon as you started spinning, I'm like, yeah, they were. Yeah, as soon as you hear the noise, the nostalgia will come back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to go no weapons today. What, yeah. I, what I'd like to do in the future is um, Ryan has mentioned that he may have some of these. Ryan, friend of the show. Yeah, known friend of the show, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, has mentioned that he may have some of these. So I would like to collect tournament. as many as possible, correct. and A thrifty tournament. And do a thrifty karate fighter tournament where we would all pick our own person, maybe even purchase your own off of eBay if you'd like. We have the bases. They sell the figures mm-hmm. singularly out there. So maybe pick a character, put them in the tournament, 
We got to get Danny from New York to come out here and film, film it. it. Danny, film it. Yeah. Um, uh, I will not be paying for this trip. Uh, <laughs> no, brother, I will for you. I that you. tournament would go weapons. So yeah. we'll go no weapons today. But if there well, is a tournament in the future. Idea, if it's your idea, you want weapons. The, the, the Josh Larkin karate deathmatch tournament. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it'll be. And we'll line the floor with barbed wire as we play. Fuck yeah, dude. I like it. I could get a graphic up for that maybe in the future. Um, along with this, these two are from uh, Tiger Ninja versus Cyber Fisher from 1994, 1995, something along there. But there was also Red Ninja in that set. There was Dragon Kick. Uh, Dragon Kick sort of looked like a B-side Dragon Ball Z character. Um, later on, there was like Skull Crusher. There was Headstone. There was a lot of different ones. And as Karate Fighters got more popular, there was also um, different um, branding with them. Like Disney wanted Karate Fighters. So there was actually Small Soldiers Karate Fighters. Small Soldiers. There's a Batman one. Batman uh, With one, Batman versus Joker. That was pretty cool. Which is a sick one. That, I think, is the priciest Karate Fighter on the market uh, nowadays. Yeah. Um, that's good to know. Um, so if anybody wants to be in the tournament and pop up a Joker or a Batman, we know that like you're dragging dick in this tournament. That's the baller <laughs> move in the tournament is to slam down the Batman or the Joker figure. Um, so I'm going to try to find my own here. Um, but uh, yeah, they went for like the, the badass ones range from 1994 to 1997. Power Rangers got a hold of it. And I think to, there's still some form of karate fighters to this day, but these are two of the originals. This is... Josh working Cyberfist. I'm going to be Tiger Ninja. We're going to go to five here, and we're going to somehow try to figure out to hold. Now, I have mic stands, but we're not going to be using them today. So we're going to try to – we have them set up here, and we're going to go to first to five and play right here live on the show, and you will hear the electronic noises of Cyberfist. We're going five. Five might take a while. Okay. Do you want to go three then? Uh, I think three is a better option, yeah. Okay. Um, Especially with operating this one-handed. One-handed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit a crisscross applesauce, Mike in my left hand, Donger in my right hand, and we're just going to go at it. All right, this is round one. Are you at zero? I'm at zero. I think right. we can keep count to three. So, oh, I forgot to mention, for people who don't know what these are, <laughs> they're plastic figures that kind of go on this donger that you spin around, and as you spin the, the, the knob here – the, the 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 fighters actually like kick and, and spin and punch and the object of the game is is to knock your your other your opponent's karate fighter off their their donger so when you bust their chest they fly off this thing and then you officially win the round sometimes rounds last a, a second sometimes they last 10 seconds so this is round one tiger ninja versus cyber fist so let's go Oh. oh, round one, Tiger Ninja. And not to be cocky with it, but Josh had laid out the weapons because he was hoping to use them. And I knocked Cyberfist off his pedestal into the weapons. He flew a good nine inches into a pile of weapons. What if we – let's put the weapons around so we at least mimic a, – A slight death match with – A slight death match. Broken plastic sigh and so a So this isn't the nunchuck. official tournament, but we are going to put the, the, the weapons around here. 
Um, I'm also going to put the, uh, the, the dog food hat in the mix. So maybe you could throw them into the dog food hat here. Let's just put everything in the episode in here. Yeah. Huh? See, we, if we do the, uh, if we do the tournament, what I'll do is I'll build up a little, uh, a little arena for them and yeah. I'll actually put these weapons as little death spikes and things. We'll make it real glorious for Danny. That's going to be awesome. So this is uh, the 1847 Rogers Brothers Spoon and Fork we're putting on the field so you could actually fall into the Spoon and Fork. Those will absolutely give you tetanus. Okay, so here we go. This is round two. Let's fight. Wow. Headbutt. Something's grinding over here. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I love that you trash talk. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, they, they have become stuck. There we go. Okay. I had Cyberfist in a headlock, and oh. it's it, baby. Cyberfist is out. There was also a uh, a posed action shot in that fight where Tiger Mask or Tiger Ninja had headlocked Cyberfist, and our characters got stuck together. Nobody was moving, and that was just for the photographers to take a picture of. But I knocked you into the spoon, I believe. I almost hit the the back of the laptop. Ooh, that would have been a good yeah. ba- that would have been a good bump. Yeah, because they're one anchor point and everything else just flails around. Mm-hmm. The head just got stuck right next to your chest. I thought I was gonna hit the button there. Yes, but. to knock me off. So you are down. Uh, we're going to three here. It is two zero. Uh, Tiger Ninja. What are your thoughts? You have to win three in a row to, to win the match today. I've been in this situation with you before in other games that we've played. And you have won. I've won. I've come back and done three in a row in mm-hmm. uh, Fire Pro. Uh, so I yeah. have a little bit of hope, but not very much in this situation. So let's kind of spread out the, the floor here. And um, let's bring the hat a little closer because as we were spinning around, the hat kind of went a little further away because this is serious business. So this is round three, Cyberfist versus Tiger Ninja. Let's go. Oh, man. Dude, you kicked me really solidly in the head. I'm a little concussed. Oh, a punch to the back oh. even. Let's go, baby. You look like a toothpaste tube. I'm about to knock. Oh, Cyberfist. There we go. One back. Oh, so Cyberfist knocks Tiger Ninja into the Joy Food dog hat. And he took a bump right on the side of his head, as we see. He's partially under it and partially on top of it. So, I mean, that's a picture perfect. Uh, I'm going to take a picture of this here. All right. This is not a staged bump, but I will pu- I'll put it on the the Facebook website that we have. So that will be yeah, put him in the mix. All right, my battery just fell out. I have to put that back after. Okay. So the battery fell out. So we even have um some discourse here with Josh really manhandling his donger and the battery came out. So this is um what's this round 4? Starting to become uncomfortable with the word donger. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Tiger Ninja, two wins. Cyberfist, one win. I need one more win to complete the the uh, the championship today. Um, so you have to win now two in a row. I only have to win one. So let's see if this could be the final round. Let's go. Wow! That was instant. Right away. That was the quickest one that we've had of the four. Holy cow. So it's all tied up now. 2-2. Holy cow. You had knocked me off my pedestal instantly. It took one kick, and that was it. 
I'm a little scared. I'm going to turn my guy around now. Oh, you're playing the back game to start off? I'm going to. This is a coward's route. <laughs> I'm going to put my back to you. You All can right. put. So well, it is now 2 2. You annihilated me. We'll go back to back to start this very last round. Okay, so this is it. This is winner take all and that was like a goldberg wcw squash match by cyberfist there you turned around and i just brogue kicked you right away all right so final round let's go two two come on come on dude i'm implementing headbutts a lot implement that headbutt oh come on baby Comes back three in a row wow. to take the victory. Cyberfist. Wow. Holy cow. I'll shake your hand. Uh, great that victory. My Holy hand cow. Kind of hurts. I think it's good that we only went to three because I'm starting to get cramps. Holy cow. So that was, we went, we took it all home there. I went 2 0 with a, a, a Tiger Ninja here. And then Cyberfist, under Josh's control, won the, it ran the gambit. Won three in a row, and you have to look back to your first official win. You knocked me off my pedestal into the Joy dog food hat, and that was really the turning point of the match. I didn't even, and I had intended to, to turn my hat backwards to kind of, you know, go yeah. over the top. Wasn't even necessary. Didn't even need to do it. But after the, after I took that concussion there, it was pretty much no-nose goes, and I was done. <laughs> it was the kick into the dog food hat, the Oof. squash. And then, yeah, the victory. Well, I got to calm myself down. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I got to gather my senses here. But when we come back, we're going to hear a thrift tale all the way down the East Coast from Florida. A sentimental tale by an older couple who finds something at a thrift store that's actually their son. So hold on to your butts. We'll catch you after commercials. Dragon Kick versus the Red Ninja. Thunderfoot versus Skull Crusher. You control every punch, every kick. No rules, no referee, no holds barred. Just all contact karate action. The man left standing rules. Each set comes with two karate fighters. Get your hands on the action. Hi, pup parents. I'm Chase from Chewy, and I'm here with the food that's like happiness in a bowl. Joy Dog Joy manufactures their food right here in the USA. They use meat as the first ingredient in all their recipes. Then they add omega-3 and 6 fatty acids to support the skin and coat, and glucosamine and chondroitin to protect the cartilage around your dog's joints. So whether you and your dog like to take long walks or just take a walk to the couch, Joy Dog Food can help your pup keep up. Let's take a look at all the ways you can fill your dog with joy. Joy offers a puppy formula to help your little one get a healthy start. They also have a maintenance formula for your grown-up pup and a high-performance formula for your high-energy hound. If you're looking for a superfood boost, Super Meal Dog Food and Lamb Meal and Rice Formula are both made with pumpkin, which gives your dog a natural source of fiber that can promote healthy digestion. For a different kind of digestive support, Joy Ultimate and Joy Pure Grain-Free both contain live, active probiotics. Plus, these recipes are great for dogs with food sensitivities. The Ultimate line doesn't contain any corn, wheat, soy, or byproducts. 
and the pure grain-free formula doesn't contain grains of any kind. With all these options, you're sure to find one that'll make your pub happy. It's been a joy talking with you today. I'm Chase. Thanks for watching. Bye. And I guess we have learned that all plans do go to shit, as you said in the interim when we were not recording. Yeah, you shared, uh, you were like, oh, I had a great line. It was a canned line I had planned out. I'm not use. I'll use it at the big one. That's why you lost. You had planned out your I victory can, in advance. I had advance. a canned line going into it. I will be using it at, I guess, the official Josh Larkin deathmatch what 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 name should we we have to have a better ring than that? Like, oh, I don't know. It took me like at least ten minutes to think of Thrifty Thon. I got a hard times. So I gotta I gotta spend a while on this. King of the Deathmatch Karate Fighters presented by Josh Larkin. That's good. King of the Deathmatch Karate Fighters presented by Josh Larkin. All right, we'll build a little deathmatch arena. We'll get like some styrofoam. We'll go over to the craft store. And we'll fucking deck That's it out. That's on Because I'm going to find my karate fighters, and we're going to get everybody under the um, thrifty umbrella in on this. I'm going to make it look like a Mortal Kombat scene below them, so when they fly, they're, mm -hmm. they'll we be have to elevated. Think of, we have to think of, like, a prize to win. We'll oh, I'll come up that. with something. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe make we'll it. Find, maybe we'll find something thrifting. So if anybody, actually, if anybody wants to be a part of that tournament, Thrifty Podcast on Facebook, send us a message. We're going to find a prize for it. Maybe we'll have, hopefully we have, like, I guess the magic number would be eight, but more would be good. Yeah, all you need to enter is a, a karate, karate fighter, fighter and a and a donger. You don't even need the donger. We've already got two. I mean, oh, that's we're not gonna run, you know, multiple at a Dongers. time. Yeah, just. Oh, what if we did a trios match? Trios match, three just, on three karate fighters. Just stick six of them together. Yeah. we could try that. So bring your dongers. Yeah, um, if you got a donger, bring your donger. Bring your donger. Um, Are they even called dongers? <laughs> I think it's like the proper term for that, a donger. Is that not a donger? I don't know. A pedestal? A you donger? You just said it a lot today. A twister? It's it, You put your character on it, and it forces them to spin. I just call it a base. A base. Okay, there's that word. Okay, so bring your base. <laughs> bring your karate fighter and your base. <laughs> Um, so we're going to switch gears here in actually something that uh, friend of the show, AJ, all the way from Florida, thanks for sending this in. Uh, we're going to hop to Florida for a sentimental thrift tale. Thrift, thrift, thrift. Thrift, thrift, thrift tales. So this week, Josh, we have a, a pretty cute story. Um, it's actually a, a first submitted thrift tale into the, the inbox that we have. I never thought of asking the roaches out there to send their own thrift tales. So if you know a thrift story that you find online, or maybe it's one of your own, that uh, it's a particular story about an object that you find, send it in. Tell us your story. Yeah, send it in. If you want to read your story, send us a video message. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to read your story, if you even want to read your story, we'll put it in the audio. That's yeah. a good idea. Great idea. Josh is great idea. Great idea, Josh. That's why I went to college for six months. I barely did, too. <laughs> so uh, this thrift tale comes out of uh, Jupiter, Florida. It's a husband and wife duo, Michael and Julie Lissy. Uh, Michael is 81 years old. Julie is 78, and they are a retired couple. 
And what they do just to kind of kick the can, they walk around for uh, about 30 minutes to an hour of just like a local goodwill. And they said they usually leave empty handed. So they're not collectors. They just do it for something to do as like in a very in love retired couple. Uh, so their recent miss mission to the Goodwill on their last trip to their favorite one, on the shelf, they had found a particular baseball glove that seemed very familiar to them that they had maybe not seen in, in a long time. They began to identify this glove, and it looked like their son's. Uh, their son was uh, played Little League Baseball. Um, his son isn't dead. Um, I, that's where I thought the story was going to go. Son's alive. Okay. I'm glad you put that in now because I was waiting for like that part where they. No. Yeah. Okay. Son is alive. I thought that's what we were going to do here, but that's not actually where the story goes. Good. So, I appreciate that. On the shelf was a baseball glove that actually belonged to their son, Christopher Lizzie, from 40 years ago. Um, this is when he he played Little League Baseball in Willowsby, Ohio, where they spent time raising their family. So the Lissy family spent some time in Ohio, but of course, we're in Florida. So this baseball glove has traveled a life as well. Yeah, it's at least, it, it's probably a 50-year-old glove because uh, the son, Christopher, had it for a long time. It's 40 years ago since he's played and also 40 years since any of the family have seen it. So it somehow went from Ohio to Jupiter, Florida in 40 years. So the glove was weathered. Um, it's, uh, you know, a thousand mile trek from Jupiter from Ohio. It was extremely worn down to a shady, sandy color. The gloss was gone, but the name was still written on the mitt. Christopher Lissy. And that's why you always write your name on stuff as a sports person. Just like your hat you have. You have Benny's hat. I got Benny's hat. You Benny. Got Chris Lissy's glove. Benny's out there. Um, when Michael, uh, um, Julie's husband, he said, when I first saw my wife, she was on the verge of tears and shaking. She knew it was his glove, and she wanted to let him know that they had found it. So Miss Lizzie sent... Uh, 52-year-old son Christopher of the, a pick of the glove, and he said, yep, that's it. Buy it. She paid $149 for the glove, and Chris is actually still out in Ohio and very much not dead. He's a football coach, so he did appreciate that. And she recounts Christopher always playing with her husband, uh, catch in the yard. Her husband, of course, is Michael. So since a young age, it was like a father-son Let's play catch, and this could have possibly—it wasn't written, but it could have possibly been his first glove that he always had used all through Little League. And in 1978, Chris actually uh, had his final game. It was the season finale, and he had the fucking game of his life. Um, he hit two home runs, and his team won because of it. His parents recorded him on their 8mm camera as he was mobbed by other players in celebration— at the end of that game. What a moment. And then to be able to get that glove was a part of that From game. From that game. And the, in the excitement of his friends mobbing him because he had a two, two home runs in the season finale, in the excitement, Chris put down his glove on the infield and never saw that glove again. And in fact, the next day, without telling his parents that he had lost it, he went to the field by himself to see if it was still there. And it just straight up wasn't. No glove. 
And um, baseball gloves actually carry some sentimental value in the family as uh, the dad, Michael, keeps his own 70-year-old glove on top of his television. And mom, Julie, says Chris, her son, plans on passing it on to his grandson one day. So this is like a very serendipitous story, and I like to think that somewhere along the way there's just a helpful ghost who is like, yeah, I'll get this glove to you. Yeah, so the, uh, I, I'm trying to think of like how this glove would track from Ohio to Florida because you have to assume in that celebration, you know, some other kid probably picked up the glove. It probably sat at his place. Um, you know, people travel, people move, but um, it's a, the story of the traveling glove that got sent back to yeah. Chris. And just like the, uh, you know, his parents moved to Florida, it very well may have been that somebody in his town, one of the other parents, picked up the glove, believing it to be their kids, mm-hmm. had it for years, moved to Florida, and then went, oh shit, this isn't our kid's glove, mm-hmm. gave it to Goodwill, and then the Lissies just happened to be came in, across in the area. You never know what you're going to find. And I think it's kind of an amazing story because, like, say there's something from our past that we've lost or something, you know, we, we just don't have anymore. Even the absolute, absolute rarity that's actually even in the same building as us ever again that many years down the line is, you know, it's probably 0%. But say it's 1%. And say there is something in the same building as us. There's no telling if we'd even find it, even in the same building, even in the same room to find something that was once yours is super hard at a Goodwill, let alone a Goodwill outlet. Yeah, to be able to search through the just the amount of things that are out there, there's Goodwills everywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. there's other thrift stores. There's, you know, for-profit thrift stores. Mm -hmm. You never know where your stuff is going to end up. No, and and that's what I think – the piece of the story that kind of connects with me because even if you're in the same goddamn room there's no telling what's there of yours formally now i i we've tracked this in the past i've tracked this myself personally that when i go to uh we go to a couple of goodwill outlets we've been going to the smaller outlet again just because i've been having like really good luck so i don't want to change that but i've actually and you've probably been there before where i have donated stuff upon arrival to goodwill and then see how long it takes to like cycle through to be put out in the bins. Fifteen minutes to two hours. I've seen everything. It's a it's a quick turnover a lot of times, depending on you know how long the stuff's been out there before we get there versus mm-hmm. you know if it's a fresh kind of change. But were you there the the day? And this seems like something I did by myself. Were you there the day that I donated one of my electronic gravedigger remote control cars? No. That was a tough day for me. Um, it was like one because I moved so much at this point. It was in one of my moves, and it was like a grave digger remote control truck that I actually got from a Goodwill, and it was like a rare item. It was a rare piece, but in the uh, bottom side of the truck itself, it had the the coil that holds the battery in. It was like super loose and super weird, pristine condition. Besides that, but that was such an important part because any jarring of the vehicle would knock the battery loose and if the battery's loose obviously it stops running right so i held on to that mf for a couple of years because i'm like it's everything so good there's nothing like the stickers were on the remote control like in really good condition but it was such an important piece that i was like it it just will never work and you don't really like there's not really any kind of like the uh, there's nobody from the rc community that we know 
Um, no, that's not a hobby. We have any friends that I know of I that wish, are in that circle. I wish. If you are from the RC community, please be my friend because you know I'll never have this tragedy again. But eventually, it just you know I I I sat at my closet and I did donate it. And the day that I donated it, um, it immediately went. I saw it come out like 20 minutes later. Gravedigger was in the thing, and somebody grabbed the gravedigger, but they didn't grab the um, the remote control for it. So I saw it like being scooted around in a cart in the Goodwill, and I just went up to that person and I was just like, "Hey, um, there's a there's like a remote." There's a remote. I happen to know for a fact that yeah. there's a remote here that goes with that. It's a it like it's like the equivalent of like um like seeing your ex partner with like somebody else, but then in the same hand be like, That's sad, but then you go, you know what? Like I want this to work for you. Yeah. I want you to get more happiness out of this than I ever did. I had it and it I didn't make me happy. I kept it, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you find the remote for it. And it was like really easy to find. They just had passed it. It was in the bin. And I was like, good luck. And they were just like, oh, how did you know? Like there was like a remote to it. And I'm just like, I, I know. That's when you just get like the tip of the cap and like the little like camera zooms mm-hmm. in and you wink. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know. If you Beep. love something, give it away. Yeah. And I, that was the definition of it. So hopefully that they, they, got the coil to work and hopefully they're still together to this day you just you share the love you enjoyed something you had it for a time you got pleasure out of it you loved it it had its course with you it was my share own it. thrift tale we had two thrift tales in one i didn't plan on getting into that but two sentimental stories from a sentimental podcast um thanks everybody for listening thanks everybody for downloading again like thrifty podcast on facebook subscribe um we still need some like itunes reviews i keep forgetting about that but that's actually like legitimately the most important part of a podcast is number one have a podcast number two don't fuck up the cover art on itunes done that and And number three is make sure that you give a five star on itunes and also review it because um we are a part of the network, but that's what bigger networks look for are those five stars and those reviews. So I always forget to say it. If you listen to the show, take some time out of your day. Give us a five-star review and, uh, yeah, send that over to, to us on iTunes. Yeah, and get in touch with us if you want to be a part of this uh, tournament, tournament of death. Tournament of death that we're King putting. King of the death match. Yeah. We'll find uh, something to call Yeah, it. Karate Fighters death match tournament, whatever we're going to do with this. Uh, let us know if you want to be a part of it. We're going to have fun with it. And, Make it a big event. And Danny, I'll pay for your ticket. You're coming down, brother. Another weekend in Pittsburgh. You and I. <laughs> Just you and I. <laughs> um, but... Um, and then what, what else I was going to say? Yeah, if if you are interested in sending in your own thrift tales, which I didn't think could be a cool marketable thing, send in your thrift tales at thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. And for everybody else out there, get roached. Well-